So as I start today, I want to ask you a really important question. What is the best gift you have ever received? Maybe it was for your birthday or Christmas or that special anniversary. So just think for a moment, and Josh is going to run around with a microphone, so you don't have to shout out, maybe two or three answers. So just raise your hand, and you can speak into the microphone. So if you've ever wanted to speak into your microphone, this is a chance today. My grandson. How can you top that? Uh, A few pairs of undies. Anyone else? Yep. Yeah, a, uh, a day where my uh, sons came round and helped me clean out my shed, and that was a real gift. That was, uh... My wife. Oh. Oh. I'll give her, give him a big clap. Josh, do you, do you have anything to share on your best gift? Uh, I, there's too many to to say. I don't know. I, I, I'm not really a gift person, so just a nice day where I'm able to sort of do what I want to do is, is always a gift. So yeah, received a couple of them. So yeah, happy. All right. Thanks, Josh. They're all really good gifts. So, but for me, one of the best gifts I ever received was last year for my birthday. So last year I turned the big four zero, 40 last year. Uh, hard to believe, I know. And the gift I received was a party. It might sound a bit sad, but for me, my birthday is three days before Christmas. So having a party has always been a bit of a luxury. When I was a kid, I thought it was so good having my birthday so close to Christmas. I only had to wait three days and then I got another lot, big lot of, of presents. But as I grew older, I realised I was being gypped. You know, people would give you and still give you a combined birthday and Christmas present together, but it's of the same value of a normal present. When your birthday is close to Christmas, they write a birthday card on a Christmas card. When your birthday is close to Christmas, people forget your birthday and go, oh, I'm just, I forgot, sorry, because it's Christmas. And worst of all, they don't come to your party or you don't get a party because it's too busy. So last year I thought, you know what, I'm turning 40, I'm going to have a party. So I booked the venue, the date, I booked the family, I booked my family, not a random family, and (laughs) I gave them advance warning, and it happened. It was five days early, mind you, but it happened. And you know what, I even got gifts. So I'm just going to show you a picture of my family. Look at them all. And that was my family at my birthday, my 40th birthday last year. So you know what? That might not be your ideal gift, but that's the thing with gifts. They are unique. To know what to get a loved one for Christmas or a birthday can be hard because of what people want is so unique. Just like our experience and our expectation of gifts is unique, we are all unique too and have been given different gifts by God. So this morning I'll be sharing from a passage of Scripture, looking at some of the gifts that God has given. So Romans 12, 6-8, I'm just going to read this passage. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. If God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith God has given you. 
If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So this scripture is found in Romans chapter 12. Romans is a book in the Bible, which is actually a letter. Romans is a letter written to the early Christians in Rome. It was uh, written by a guy named Paul, who was originally a Jewish religious leader, and he was opposed to Christianity. But then he had this amazing encounter with Jesus, which occurred after Jesus' death and resurrection, and Jesus' ascension, and his life was transformed. And Paul became not only a follower of Jesus, but he became a leader of the early church. So in this letter, Paul shares about gifts given, but before he does that, he shares why this is so important. In Romans 12, 45, 4 to 5, he says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. So Paul is explaining to the Roman Christians, just as a physical body is made up of many members, each with a different function, the church is also like a body with many members united by Jesus, all with different functions and responsibilities. So I just think that this analogy is amazing. Have you ever experienced that in your own body? One small part goes out and impacts the whole body. A number of years ago, I injured my big toe. I know it's a bit of a sooky thing to say. And I didn't think it would impact the rest of my body because it's such a small part of my body. So I did what a lot of us do and I ignored it. But then I noticed because my big toe was injured, I couldn't walk properly. Then my foot started playing up. My balance was out, my knee started hurting, then my hip, then my back. Then I needed to take pain relief. And because I needed to take pain relief, there were side effects. And all because of that one little, well big, toe. Every part of our body has an important part to play and it affects all the other parts of our body. It's the same with the church in our community. We all have a vital part to play, even if we think it might be small. Sometimes we think the role that we play, the gift that we have, is insignificant or small, but it's not. A while back, I was going through a season where it seemed to me that everyone kept telling me that I was too quiet. And I'm naturally an introvert, as you might know, but I felt that everyone was telling me that I'm too quiet and I'm too compassionate. And I started to feel that these weren't very good gifts to have, that these weren't very good attributes to have. But then one day it dawned on me that my life around me is very, very loud. It's very busy and it's very full on at times. Not just working as a nurse and working as a pastor, but everything else around me. My family, my community, everything. Being quiet and compassionate are the gifts that I bring. If I was living an isolated life, yeah, it might be an issue. But in my workplaces, in my church, my community, 
These gifts that I bring are the part that I play. You know, they are needed. They balance everyone else's out. Because we are not meant to live in isolation. Maybe you've been on a similar journey, thinking that what you bring isn't important. But it is. Our gifts and abilities are not meant to be used in isolation, but in community, with each of us having such an important part to play. The gifts we have are not from our own doing either or something we need to strive for, but they naturally are come, they come out of us. Paul continues to write in, to, to the Romans. He says in Romans 12, verse 6, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. In his grace. This is a natural outflowing of God at work in us. And you know the great thing about a gift is it is exactly that, a gift. It's not something that needs to be earned or produced. Before you were born, you know, God designed you for a plan and a purpose. He put these amazing gifts for you to enjoy, to bless others and to impact the world. It might be the first time you're here today and you're thinking, well, that's just for those who come here every week. But you know, it's for all of us. So often we can look for meaning and purpose in many places, but the meaning and purpose is it's in God. And sometimes even on the journey, if we've been on it for a long time, we wonder where we can fit sometimes, and it's a good reminder that where we fit, it's found in God. Paul lists those specific gifts that we open with. If God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is in serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is in giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take your responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. While what Paul is saying can be applied to all our gifts and talents, He's talking about some specific gifts here also. Sometimes these are called the motivational gifts or creation gifts. Because we read here, God has given you the ability. These are the way that we are wired. You may have done an inventory or used a discovery tool to work out which one you have. Or as you've read them before, you may have identified which one you may have. And just on a side note, a discovery tool is available for our life groups this week with information on each, as well as on the resource wall on the foyer. And it's interesting to do, but it also helps us to understand our strengths and weaknesses and highlight our need for others, as well as to discover where we may find the greatest joy in serving. And as we do these things, as we do these tools and surveys, it's not prescribing which gifts we have, but it's highlighting what's already there. As we look at the scripture, Paul not only lifts, uh, lists each gift, but he also provides guidelines for each. How best to use when he says, if your gift is, do, and then he says what to do. So have you ever gotten a gift or ordered something online and it has no instructions? So frustrating, isn't it? Paul not only lists the gifts, but provides some guidelines as we work in our community. So we're going to briefly go through each gift, 
looking at what each looks like in character traits as well as guidelines for each. And you might be able to identify if you don't know what yours is. And more importantly, how you can work with others. Because as we work and serve in a community, sometimes you can go, oh, I don't quite agree with that. But as we work with each other, it helps us to work more united and cohesively. So the first gift that Paul lists is the one of prophecy or insight. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So prophecy or insight. Someone with the gift of prophecy or insight, and sometimes they use different words, prophecy or insight. It might be the different translation of Bible that you have. Someone with this gift, they are the eyes of a body. They have an insight or intuition and the ability to discern the character of people. They are quite obedience-orientated. The character traits of this person with this gift is they have a strong sense of wrong, right and wrong. They can sometimes come across quite black and white. They are bold and confident, speaking their mind, but also strong in forgiveness and open about failures. They value truth over friendship. They dislike deception and poor leadership and come across as serious but very dedicated. Do you know anyone like that? Maybe there's people in your life like that or yourself. The guidelines for the people with this gift. If this is your gift, some guidelines are to speak in love when confronting someone. It's not what you say but how you say it. Remember to have patience. Watch out for being too black and white and use scriptural guidelines, not just your own strong personal convictions. The next gift that Paul lists is service, or in some translations, ministry. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. The overview for someone with the gift of service, they see what needs to be done to help others in a practical way and love others by meeting their practical needs. They are often behind the scenes serving and are the hands of the church. People with this gift pitch in without being asked. They're highly motivated. They're doers rather than delegating. But they need clear direction and look at short-term tasks rather than long-term. They get great joy in serving, but also like to be recognised for their hard work. Maybe you know someone with this gift. If this is your gift, it's important to not overcommit yourself. And also not to neglect your personal relationship with God for serving. Because sometimes you'll just jump in and serve and then forget to take that time out. It's also important to make sure you aren't doing other people's tasks. It's a good reminder to know that God sees what you do. And also that everyone is not wired like you. People with this gift often get promoted because of hard work. But people with this gift are naturally a follower, not a leader. And that's okay. The next gift that Paul mentions is teacher or teaching. If you are a teacher, teach well. A teacher is the mind of a body with the ability to explain and apply truth, presenting it in a systematic way. They find new insights others don't see and share knowledge with others. Someone with this gift is thorough. They're intellectually sharp and their details focus. Qualifications are important to these people and they love study and research, and they get upset when scripture is used out of context. And if this is your gift, it's important to remember 
to make information interesting and relevant, helping to apply information to life. It's important to not get too legalistic and have humility and compassion for people maintaining a teachable spirit. The next gift is exhortation, or in some versions, it is encouraging. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Someone with this gift encourages people to grow to spiritual maturity. They love to instruct, motivate, coach and counsel to get alongside of someone. Exhortation is encouragement, but it's the ability to challenge someone as well. People with this gift are positive and loving, seeing potential in others. They are good communicators and find joy in encouraging and like giving practical steps and information. Maybe that might be your gift or someone you know. If this is your gift, you may have felt like a failure at times when people haven't followed your advice or when people go off the deep end. But remember to trust God for results and have patience. It's also important to not take scripture out of context in lieu to encourage people. Paul then mentions giving. If your gift is giving, give generously. People with this gift meet the needs of others through sacrificial giving of resources, time and finances, but also motivate others to give. They're described as being thrifty and wise, good at budgeting with good business ability. They also have the ability to stretch resources. If giving is your gift, it's important to not allow your giving to manipulate others or allow you to take ownership of things because giving is so important. Remember, it all belongs to God. Also, people who give have a high level of value on giving, so don't be offended if others don't give like you. They may need to be taught how to give and budget. Second, lastly, we have leadership or administration. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. People with this gift are organised and good at improving efficiency and effectiveness. They see the bigger picture and supervise and delegate. They are irritated by chaos and disorder and often assume leadership when no one else takes it up and have the ability to break tasks down. Maybe this gift resonates with you or you've seen that in your household. If this is you... It's important to use the gift with diligence and don't over-delegate or take over. It's important to allow people to develop. It's also important to remember that people are more important than projects. And lastly, we have a mercy gift or compassion. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. People with a strong mercy gift are sensitive to the emotional, physical and spiritual needs of others and they are feeling-orientated people. They have a strong sense of compassion, and they are motivated by a desire to see people alleviated of suffering. And they have a heart of a body. People with this gift are drawn to those in need, and are described as caring, loving, kind, and meek. They are quick to accept others, non-judgmental, and are quick to forgive. But they do tend to avoid firmness and conflict, and they can be oversensitive. Maybe you know people like that, or this is your gift. But if this is your gift, it's important to not take things personally 
and to have good boundaries in place. This includes not, not becoming more involved in situations than you should. It's important to do things cheerfully, as Paul says. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And it's also important to be careful not to make emotional decisions. So these are the motivational gifts. And it's so refreshing, I believe, to know how we are wired. It takes a big burden off us. We get a feeling like, oh, that's why I do that. And that's okay. And it helps us to walk freely in our gift and know who we are, working with others and appreciating others too because we don't have all the answers ourselves and we need others around us. And we might identify with one or a couple of those. And it's great to have people around us who identify with other gifts as well. And, you know, the same is for our kids and young people. Each one of them also has been given special gifts. And as parents, we have a wonderful privilege of helping to identify and develop it. For me personally, I remember my dad recognising my mercy gifting as a kid. One day after school, I was sharing with him about friendship issues I had, where I was showing no boundaries at all and taking things personally. And my dad shared with me what a healthy friendships look like and what boundaries look like while still being able to be caring. As I got older and in upper high school, I decided I wanted to do nursing as a career, which was very different to his career path as a tradie. And he didn't put on me his own agenda, which was so encouraging. And he took me to nursing expos and nursing career nights where it wasn't his usual setting. But he did that and encouraged me. And that's encouraged me as a next-gen pastor and also as a father to encourage kids to walk in their own journey. And it's also not just about motivational gifts, but encouraging our kids in all their gifts and talents. Currently in Jam and Pebbles, our kids' programs, we are looking at creativity and it's been a lot of fun. And as I was, looking, as I was putting the lessons plans together, I was reminded how our, each child is unique and creative in their own way. You know, it may not look like standing up on stage or performing, but every single child in this church is unique and gifted. And what a blessing we have to be part of that. What a privilege we have to call this out as the generation before them and to invest into that. And you know, this is the same for each one of us too. We are also unique with a vital part to play, which is a big take-home message from today's scripture. It's not just about the specific motivational gifts, but about who you are, because you are a gift. You may think, oh, it's just me. But the world needs a just you. That's why God made a just you. Because when the just you is put together with everyone else, all the gifts working together, it is such an amazing, beautiful picture. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for everyone present here today. The just me's. Sometimes we do just say that. It's just me and it's just what I do. But the gift that everyone brings into this place is so important and into the community. We thank you for the motivational gifts that everyone has. 
and the other gifts as well. Help us to continue to identify our own and each other's and to work together. And where we have walked away from that and where we have not seen that in ourselves, help us to see that more clearly and to see ourselves through your eyes, Jesus, and to keep our eyes fixed upon you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen.